Today, uh, PA, who uh, joined our fellowship last week, is bringing the word. This is the fifth Sunday of the month, and I like to have someone else preach on the fifth Sunday of the month when a month has five Sundays, and PA said he'd do it, and uh, he said he'd do it so I could finish the revisions on my paper that my paper needed, and uh, he'll do better than I will this morning because I'm running on about <clears throat> 30 minutes of sleep, two hours of sleep, something like that, yeah. So anyway, PA, come on up here. And uh, and bring us the word. It's time already. <laughs> let me just let me just go ahead and get that out of the way. <laughs> I ain't kidding. Either. All right, I'm gonna go stand behind this one because y'all won't see me leaning. Because I had I've had some sleep, not a little more than Pastor has, but. Mm-hmm. I've injured myself, thinking I'm 30 again. That ain't happening. Morning. It sure is good to see you here. How you doing? There's a few of you in here that I don't know your names, and I'd like to cure that before the day's over, before I leave. Um, but I, just so I can talk about you. I mean, say hello to you. When <laughs> There's so many Bibles up here. Is this a church or something? I did want to talk about different things this morning. And first of all, I'd like to say thank you, Andrew, for giving me the chance to talk to y'all. It's good to see you. I don't remember your name. I'm Jeannie, your wife. No. The, 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 no, I'm pointing to the, the other pretty one behind you. <laughs> What's her name? What's your name? Me? No! Yeah! Janelle. Janelle. I love Janelle. She's got an awesome mindset. Anyway, um, thank you for having me here and and letting me holler at y'all for a little while. I've got, what, three hours? (laughs) Hold on, because I only have... I don't have, but I'm not as, as proficient as Andrew. I've only got nine pages of notes. Yeah, so it shouldn't be that bad. Um, I I need some help here. Let's see. I need a little theologian, preferably under the age of 18. something about me first just so you know that it, I'm not standing up here flippantly hollering at y'all um, I've been working for my dad that dad I call him daddy I've been working for daddy for almost 30 years now and uh, in Atlanta all over the world actually I've been very blessed and very fortunate to do that for him uh, but the, the, the one issue I have with that is that Last time I said uh, I don't like church when I was standing up here. 
And I want to clarify that. I don't like church. Let me just make that perfectly clear. But this is not a normal church. Amen. I have been I have been to so many all over the country, around the world. To, I, I mean, I'm not boasting, but it's like, wow. You know, when I first got here, my wife and I moved here. And we weren't uh, we weren't looking for a church because we've had some really bad experiences here at this church, or not this church, but at church. You know what I mean? You, when you get beat up and you're going to get encouraged, it's damaging, yes. and and that and, and that's not just damaging for that Sunday. It's damaging for the rest of that person's spiritual life. Those little taste buds they get sour, and they're not a whole lot of fun. But I noticed a little something different when I met Andrew. He's really scary smart, by the way. I mean, really? I mean, seriously? It's a little frightening. It's like I'm trying to make sure there's no USB port on the back of his head so he can charge up and download stuff because that's just like, man, 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 man. But I, I wanted to start on something... <laughs> you let me up here. It's your fault. I want to. I want to touch on something that that that's, it, it can be a little sensitive, but it's it's very important. Um, I can't speak for Andrew and his preaching and his pastoring, but I can speak for myself and 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 the little bit of time that I've been doing it. I'm not up here because you need me, or I'm. I'm Andrew's not up here. We need you. If you're going to be a pastor, if you're going to be a spiritual leader, if you're out in the desert preaching to jackrabbits, we need people. We need your wisdom. We need your we need your balance. We need your perspective. We need your point of views. We need to work everything out together as a family. I think the church. The reason I have a problem with the word church is because it's so misconstrued coming from Atlanta. Because, you know, there's churches there that I've been asked to speak at and told I have to wear a long sleeve shirt, um, told that I need to watch my language. But, you know, being in the service for, for a couple of decades kind of messes you up a little bit. So your vernacular may be a little different, but we need you. This is, this is servanthood. I'm going off base here. I'm trying to keep notes, but i got to go here. I have to because... Just because of your pastor and his family. Servanthood. You don't, if you can't look back at your life through Jesus Christ and what he's done for you and with you and to you, if you can't look back and, and see yourself as a servant, you need to take another check. Because we're all here to serve one another. I'm not here because I have nothing else to do on Sunday mornings. I do. Uh, I have nothing better to do, or I mean, this is better than what I have to do at home, but I need you guys. I need your encouragement. I, I need to see other people going through the sugar show that we're all going through in our political lives and in our spiritual lives. I need to see that somebody, please don't misunderstand me, I don't like you going through it, but when I see you going through it, it lets me know that I'm not by myself and that Jesus has loved me all through every bit of it. And then I get blessed with people, these crazy people, you guys, it's fantastic. I mean, I'm just a little upset that it's Barney, right? Isn't it Barney? Darby, no, the dog. Levi. Levi. Levi hasn't come up on stage with me yet. 
you know, JJ Sweet Boy. Ah, you heard me. But it's like when you can come to, when you can come to a place on Sunday morning and figure out that you don't have it figured out. That's where you need to be. There's, there's so many. I, I have to touch on this because uh, on the teachings that I've, that I've seen and, and been through before my own self, um, I, I can sit there and talk to Agent Duffy. I can sit there and talk to Ken. And I can sit there and talk to Andrew. And I'll have to go home and spend an hour in the dictionary because I'm like, what in the world were they just saying? But you know what? Let me tell you something, though. So many people can look back at that, look back at the teachings that we desperately need we need these teachings. They look back at that and they can get intimidated. Don't. Don't be intimidated. Come to the Revelation study at Sundays. Come to Monday nights. Come to Wednesday night. Don't be intimidated. Sit down and take notes. And the beautiful thing about this family here is, if I have a question for you, Joe, I'm going to ask you. And you're going to answer me. That's just the way it is here. Sometimes I have to stop people because it seems like I'm I'm not in my kind or my mindset or the people like my kind of people. But that doesn't mean I'm gonna stop coming. That means it's let it make you hungry. Let it make you want more. Let it make you want to figure out what it is. I mean, seriously, there's some stuff that that that, that Andrew puts out. I can't even spell. I mean, serious. But you know what? You go home, you spend some time in the scriptures that he just went over, and you learn it, and and you understand it. I mean, how many people in here have ever been to college? Okay, a good bit of you. It was expensive, wasn't it? It cost us some time and effort, didn't it? Do you all realize what you have right in front of you? You have, a, you have a pastor that's doing nothing but to further his education and bring other people closer to God? Right in front of you. You have a free college right here. Sweetheart. All the studying that you can do. All the Bible studying that you're going to do. Everything that you're going to do. When you grow up and you get into college, it's going to be pricey and expensive and time constraining and everything else if you even want to go. But it's like you've got it right here. Available at your fingertips. And people don't want to wake up on Sunday morning. I hear you. I feel you. It's a day off. Supposed to be. It sure would be easy to stay in bed, eat lots of bacon and eggs, and go right back to bed. But no. You've got to teach yourself. You've got to want. You've got to desire. You've got to hunger. This church is daggum hungry. It's incredible. You know what? I mean, everybody's wanting to learn more. And the more we learn about our Father, the more we're going to learn about how to deal with other people. I'll be straight up honest with you. Andrew, Ken, Ron, all of you probably know the Bible better than I do. I've been preaching, I don't know, a long time. But it's like, you got to have the heart. you got to have the desire. you got to have the hunger. You gotta be starving for the word of God. You gotta be starving to know what Jesus is gonna do for you. And then after you've been sitting around church for all going, oh, here we go, Andrew again, then you're gonna start thinking and wondering what can I do for somebody else? What can I do for Joe? Crazy enough, what can I do for Levi? Should have brought him a treat. You know, I think of Ron and Gail, all the people that I've fallen in love with this church is 
y'all are just helping me out and I need to help you out because that's what God gave me the gift and the ability to do. So I have to do that. If I don't do that, I don't sleep well, like Andrew, who only sleeps two hours a day. Man, I tell you what, how long is your paper? 90 pages so far? 80. Really? And how many books have you written? I'm bragging on you now. 12? I love that. That's fantastic. Psalm 139. We're going to start with that one. Now, oh, another question. How many ex-military members do I have in here? Ex-veterans. Raise your hand up high. Ah. Thank you. Yes, Ken, you're a veteran. You served the armed forces. Basically, you're protecting our country. It's the same thing. Psalm 139. And I can't, it, it's, with the constant going-ons of everything in our society right now, I can't, it, it, to alleviate my military mindset is not even, I've tried, I've tried praying all that out of me and the memories, and it's not happening, so I know God's kept it there for a reason. So the, 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 I've been reading Psalm 139 for 30 years, I, I just love it. <clears throat> if you would, please follow with me. O oh Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down and stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything that I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the grave, you're there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness I cannot hide from you. To you the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. O God, if only you would destroy the wicked. Get out of my life, you murderers. They blaspheme you. Your enemies misuse your name. O Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? Yes, I hate them with total hatred. For your enemies are my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the time and the ability and the, and the gift that I'm even allowed to read your word without persecution. I'm grateful, Father God, to be in this country where we do care about you. We have prioritized you. We reach for you. We seek you. We look for you in everything that we do. 
and everything that we say and every person that we touch. And we pray in your precious name of Jesus. Amen. There's a lot in that animal right there. Every single one of those puppies will hunt all by themselves. Every single one of those scriptures. Now, of course, when for those of you that have, have military service or, or military uh, mindset or background, this is going to sound a little tough. I mean, if you listen to it, if, if, if you go straight down to Fort... Uh, where is it? Yeah. Uh, how precious uh, da, 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 I can't even get to where are they? if you would destroy the wicked get out of my life if you would destroy the wicked everybody looks at these scriptures and they're starting to say okay well this guy's a little ticked off he's a little mad he's not asking to do that himself he's asking God to destroy the wicked not you not us and honestly, when you've served some time in the United States military, that gets a little difficult, especially if you remember the vow that you took. Because we try, and we see so many things going on, and so many things going wrong in our society right now, that it's, it's just, it, it's, it's, it's a circus. You know, I'm trying to be polite, it's a circus up there, it's really crazy. Y'all know that. I mean, it, it, a debacle, there you go, there's a better word. Uh We've got to remember why we're doing what we're doing. Um, I, I have a very, very difficult time with what's going on in our country right now just because of, of my military background and, and some friends that I've lost along the way in the service. And honestly, I fight that. I fight going crazy and being one of those proud boys and one of those whatever they call them. I don't know now. There's so many different groups. I just want to defend my constitution. I just want to defend my right to do this. But I have a very, very beautiful dear friend back in Atlanta. His name is Andy. I call him Coach. One of the best friends I've ever had in my life. He, he, knows, he knows me well, intimately. He's told me, he says, you know, PA, the only way we're going to do this, the only way we're going to get our country back, the only way everything's going to go the way we feel that it should go is we have to win one Christian at a time. One. One. Pastor, here's a scary statistic. 62.6% of Christians never lead anyone else to Christ. Man, let me tell you. I don't... It, I'll talk about daddy any chance I get. Be it in a cigar shop, gun shop, don't matter where. I want to talk about my father. I want people to feel, I would like people to feel what I have felt by being what I consider obedient to God. What I've been try, how I've been trying to be obedient to God. If, 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 especially some of you, you have every right in the world, according to society and according to the world, to sit at home on Sunday morning and boo-hoo. And you have every right in the world, according to society, to sit there and go, my, my world is changing, this world is going in the toilet, everybody's uh, doing this, that, and the other, but we can't. We have to go out and show people show not tell 
There's there's where the line gets blurry. We can't. I could I can sit there and talk to all y'all till I'm blue in the face and and tell you about this that and the other and Psalm this and and Proverbs this. Gotta love them. We have to love each person back one at a time, one at a time. So if you feel like there's nothing that you can do, you're mistaken. Even here's a crazy part. You know what? Sometimes other Christians need to be evangelized as well. That's something I love about this place. As you guys are so encouraging. I can steal speakers from you and not get in trouble. <laughs> I, I can eat your food. I can, I mean, no, it's a little different. And, and, if, and if you think it's just sunshine coming out, go ahead. <laughs> Try some other churches and see what happens. Try some places where, you, where your point of view may just kind of get you in a little bit of trouble. Here you get a crazy point of view. People try and steer your right or they just love on you anyway. That's what I'm talking about. That's what we need in this valley. That's what we need everywhere. That's what this whole planet needs. That's what all of the Christians need. We need to be encouraged by one another. Where did I tell you to go? Which scripture? Psalm 4. Psalm 4? I think I forgot. 37 4. Go to Psalm 37 4. Are you there yet? Read it out loud, man. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Bam! There you go. (laughs) Delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord. Now, I'm giving my age a little bit away here, but when we lived in New York City, we used to order Chicken Delight. It was the only place. <laughs> Dr. Scott said, yeah, 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 yeah. Man, they had good chicken. It was good, but they bring you this bucket of chicken. And I remember it had, couldn't have been really good for us because I remember mom dripping, the, leaving the lid on, pouring the grease out before we'd open it up. New York City, though. Mm-hmm. But use what you got in front of you. So trust and delight in the Lord. What do you have in front of you? What do you got in here? What do you got in this church? What do you got in Crockpot Kathy? What you got in PA Duffy? What you what you got in, in, in Gunny? Oh, let me tell you something about <laughs> man. There's nothing like, I have not had a whole lot of chance except for Gail and and Ron and, and Kathy and, and Ken. I haven't had a whole lot of chance to really sit down and fellowship with any of you, but for Gunny to send me those texts that he sent me the past couple days of encouragement of he understands a military mindset sounding like a cliche that old man's loving on me ha man Semper Fi Semper Fi look at the look at the gems you have in this church I mean I could drive Ken, and I'm gonna. I could drive Ken nuts and an Andrew nuts, and I plan on doing it for a long time. It's it's my mission. It's my mission. I want to drive them nuts, but you know what? They're both a lot younger than me, but that means nothing to me. 
I asked Pastor, I think it was last week or something. Um, I'm going to bring it. I'm going to start bringing, and you're going to see me bringing in a TV tray every Sunday. And tell you why? Because I need something I can sit down and write and take notes on. I'll tell you that right now. If if I I know I'm old because my wife has this cute little uh, school desk. You know the kind you sit in and it's got the little thing underneath it and the little tray for it. If I had if if this was my church, all y'all be sitting in those. I want all y'all take notes. I mean, think about it. those of you that raised your hand said you've been to college. That's expensive and time consuming. What do you got to do to go to college now? You got to wake up on Sunday morning, drink some really good coffee, and get here. There's your college. This is college, young lady. This this is school. This is the best school on the face of this planet school. Because this is the kind of stuff that's going to help you out figure out all the other stuff. You know, what are you going to do for a living? What are you going to do for... How are you going to make money? you got to make money. You can't just have your hand out all the time. You know, you're not in Atlanta. It doesn't work there. It doesn't work here. Anywhere. I get frustrated. I, we used to see these youth groups standing on the corner, and they'd all have these buckets out and say, Would you like to donate to our youth group? I'd hand them a rag. Well, sure. Wash my truck. I'll give you 20 bucks. We have to work for it, and it's worth it. You have to get here on Mondays. Men. Women, too. Women, too. Yeah, sorry. I know there's ladies here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, that covers about five minutes of what I got. All right. What'd you say again, young man? I want you to stand up and read it out and read it out loud again. Really loud. Uh oh, I put him on the spot. In case all y'all don't know, it's pick on Duffy Sunday. All of them. None of you are. None of you are. Psalm 37.4. Go ahead, sir. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Thank you, sir. Okay, delight yourself in the Lord. Thank you. Thank you very much. Andrew will pay you later. Um... (laughs) Delight yourself in the Lord and what? Oh, wait a minute now. Hold on. Make me think. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Does not mean I have been punching the church time clock for 20 years. I have been doing this. I've been sweeping and cleaning and and donating and tithing and helping these old ladies out and helping these old men out and dealing with these snot goblin kids at church. I deserve something. I deserve that car. I'm going to go get that car. Wrong. It is not what that means. What that means is start delighting yourself in what God has given you and then not... I will take my desires of my heart. Mm. He will give them to you. Which means you don't have to jockey for them. Which means you don't have to run around and start doing this and that and the other. And like, oh, yeah. No, okay. I'm just 
being hypothetical here, we're trying to have a baby and and it's not working. So uh, I'm going to do this for the church. I'm going to do this, and then maybe <sighs> delight yourself in the Lord. I can't help. I, I, and I know this is this is biased because I'm just biased. Truthful. I wake up in the morning. And my wife will occasionally look over at me or, or we'll have a conversation in the morning and, and we'll look at each other and we'll go, I love it here. Or the, the, you know one of the most beautiful things a husband can ever hear from his wife is, I love my life. Woo! When you hear that from your wife, I love my life. You know, you might be doing something somewhat right. Because that's really what it boils down to. I want my wife happy. I need her desperately. Every breath in, every breath out, just like daddy. And I need all of you. And some of you may be hard to swallow, Gail. Oh, did I say that out loud? I didn't mean to say it. See, I told you I got it. That's why I use pencil. Because you need to. <laughs> Don't. Pick on Gail. <laughs> she frightens you. Okay, yeah, no, anyway. So I'm not going to... She knows what you drive. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. You got to take delight in what God's given you. You have to. I mean, I... I, I, I <laughs> It's funny. I, I tell some people, and I can't help but talk about the people that I love, and I do that. So if I'm talking about you and I don't love you, be worried. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> be worried. Um, I was talking about Ken the other day at the cigar shop, and I was telling him, says, you know, they, they, they live in Douglas, and they come to church in Sunsites, and everybody looked at me like, has he lost his mind? I said, well, it's besides the point. Yeah, he's lost his mind. But it's like, it's not anything to them. They know what necessary is. A 50-mile commute, is it 50 roughly, isn't it? Something like that? Yeah. A 50-mile commute to church, that sounds like the perfect hour to get all the arguing, fighting, and fussing out before you get to church. Am I close? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you... It's worth it. They're taking delight in what God has given them. 62% of Christians never lead someone else to Christ? That's sad. That's not sad. That's almost heartbreaking. Every single person within the reaching of my voice has been told about Jesus at some point in time in their life. We are a product of that. Mama told me not to do math in public. We're a, pro, we're a product of the rest of that percentage rate. What's 62.6 minus 100? 38. No, 37.4. I figured it out. 37.4% of Christians have touched some of your lives in here some point in time, some way. Don't you think we need to up those odds? Some of you have fantastic jobs. Some of you have, have exciting lives. I, I, I can't help but pick on Duffy. Like I said, it's Duffy week. 
Duffy Sunday. Pick on Duffy Sunday. But I mean, he's protecting our country. He's protecting our country. Okay, so you know what? Go ahead. You can make $28 billion a year throwing that little leather football around. Big whoop. What have you done for the Constitution? What have you done for Father God? What have you done for this country? Are you trying to spread Christianity to alleviate and get rid of all the communism and Marxism that we're seeing? Are you trying? Sometimes we have to use words and that's when it gets messed up. You want? I've got a four-part series. I, I, I believe I was telling Andrew about it, about uh, some levels of Christianity that I've been made aware of in 30 years and, and witnessed my own self. So at some point in time, if, if he ever lets me up here again, I may talk about that. But you want to be transformational. Think about this for a second. Think about this for a second. Psalm 139 states, in verse, we'll start at 11. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you doesn't matter where we're going, what we're doing, how we're doing it, and how we're going to get there. We've got to keep him a priority. Because it's the same to him. So many times in your life, I'll bet you look back, especially if you're military, you can look at your timeline. And here you are. Here's your timeline. I was depressed in the 80s, came back in the 90s, 2020 knocked me in the dirt. That's our timeline. We are this. As Christians, as brothers and sisters of Father God, this is our timeline. But the darkness is the same to him. The night's the same to him. It's all the same. Here's his timeline. So oftentimes we think that, oh, well, God just wasn't there with me. He was. It was us. It wasn't him. His timeline stays the same. He loves us through all of the arrests. He loves us through all of the courts. He loves us through all of the things that we have to do in our life that aren't tasteful. But we got to do it. We got to promote his kingdom. We have to. Especially now we have to. Y'all know what kind of sugar show is going on. And I'm being nice. It, it, really. It, and and there's, there's no getting around it because it's happening. And I've actually had the misfortune of being in some countries where preaching the word of God is not even talked about because it's not allowed. I've been in some of those countries and I've been in churches where Paul preached in Syracuse and Sicily that were literally, when you say underground church, it was under the ground. It was in a cave down below. Look where we're at. Can you can drive fifty miles every Sunday and spend time with your family and learn something hopefully about God or just fellowship? Man, let me tell you how important that is. Who's gonna give you grief? They can't. They won't. Not in this country. Not yet. We gotta fight that. We gotta stand up. We have to. We have to. And see, this is this is the. I'm not even going to start on this. Can I get started on that? I'll shut up. Y'all want to go home and eat, and it'll be like Thursday, and I'll still be up here. <laughs> I've done it. Don't laugh. <laughs> um, 
You've got to use what God's put in front of you. How old are you? You. Audrey. Audrey, how old are you? Thirteen. Thirteen. I remember thirteen. <laughs> A little bit. But you know what? If I knew then, like that old cliche says, what I know now, I would have stuck my head so far up everybody's backside at church because I want to know. I want to learn. I want to know what God's got for me. I want to know what He's made me capable to do for Him. And then, ah, then it gets good. Then you get to spend some time with people that spend time in the Word, that fellowship thing I was talking about. And you start pouring into these people. And these are people you may not even want to hang out with. Meth heads, crackheads, drones, rude people. Where were you before you got started? What was your mindset? What was the difference? Can't judge. Just got to love on them, man. Got to do it safely. There's, there's such a thing as having common sense. You're not going to invite 25 meth heads over to your house for dinner. You know. <laughs> that was good. Sorry. Don't upstage me again. Right. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. Use your resources. We often forget, especially the older we get. I'm, I'm, I'm touching at 60, looking right down the barrel of it. And uh, sometimes I forget. Oh, yeah. Jill might know that. Dr. Scott might know that. I know Ken knows it. I ain't asking him. But you know what? Look at your resources that you have here. How do I deal with that jerk at the gas station? Is that in the Bible? Actually, it is. How do I deal with rude people? What if I have a question and I can't find the answer to it? Do you think someone in this room might have it? I bet you a dollar to donut they do. And I bet you a dollar to donut that if you had a question like that burning on your mind, you might really need an answer. You're going to have to remove yourself from yourself and then humble yourself and go ask somebody 40 or 50 years younger than you who's got the answer. Seriously. I learned a very, very difficult lesson one time at a church camp in Kentucky to where, you know, when, when you've been youth, youth pastoring for 10 years and you think you're all that and everything, and then a seven-year-old girl comes up to you and prays with you and you fall apart. Doesn't matter the age. He's no respecter of that. What matters is the heart. And and as I start to wrap up, this is my first closing. I usually have about eight, so prepare yourself. First closing is what you have here. That's really what I wanted to talk about this entire morning, is what you have here. What you have access to. I mean, this is a small... How many people are in here? Somebody do... Mama told me not to do math in public. What do we got in here? How many? Thank you. Andrew will pay you later. She's guessing. Is it 20? Is it 21? Is it really? 
Oh, cool. Do kids count? Do they still get that? Because we never counted them back in my old back. Oof, my old church. No, kids count. Okay, just check it. <laughs> oh, how many? 26 with kids. Are you telling me that there's out of all these people in here, uh, and maybe a 13-year-old can answer your question? You never know until you ask. I tell you, I came... When was it? When did we do last uh, Revelation? Oh, Sunday. <laughs> last weekend, I'm sitting in there, and I'm hearing people, and I'm listening to people, and I'm learning things I ain't never... I, do, I told y'all, all y'all know Bible better than I do, but... Uh, I learned things last weekend, so I took notes and I went home and I read them. What a shock. Take notes and then go home and read them. What a mind blower. You might learn it again. I'll be. Mm. I have been reading Psalm 139 since 1983 when I got shipped to combat. I have been reading that scripture. Since that long. And it still comes alive to me. It still means different things to me on a daily basis. It still has breath in it. And if your Bible doesn't have any breath in it, take a check up from the neck up before you get up because there's something wrong with you. This Bible is alive. It's so alive. I can... If he would ever let me, or, 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 or him, not him, him, uh, to, to go over all the things that have come to life just in the past five years, ten years. I literally, I've been, I spent, I don't, I'm scared to tell you, I'm a little embarrassed to tell you how long I heard, I heard Father tell me Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53, I'm like, okay. So I read it. Okay, whatever, that's cool. Good stuff. Right again. Oh, okay, okay. Five years later, I'm still reading it. Have a really horrible day. Come home, sit down, and read it again, and it answered all the questions I had after years. Now, if y'all are liking me, what time do I gotta stop? Two o'clock? Three o'clock? Oh. <laughs> Y'all get mad at him, not me. There's, you can't read your Bible. You have to read it. Crockpot. Do me a favor. Go to Jeremiah twenty nine ten. Oh, look at that! Somebody, go, one of y'all Duffies, go to Jeremiah twenty nine ten. Don't matter which one. Pardon me, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I want to get ahead of myself. You gotta read your scripture. If 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 we're thinking that I have given my life to Christ for many decades and I'm doing great and I'm doing all this the other, why is this nonsense happening to me? Jeremiah twenty eleven says what? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. Awesome stuff! I know the plans I have for you. Ah, it's all good. It's not even. Yes! Yay! Sis Boomba! Could you do me a favor and read the one scripture immediately preceding that? Then you will call upon me. Oh, preceding? Yes. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. Ha! <laughs> Dog! Huh? Wait a minute. I 
I just read that, man, I got God has plans for me to prosper and be and be fruitful and to have a great life and to be successful. Now who's gonna bring me down off of that high cookie and then tell me I got 70 years in Babylon? Why do we complain? Nobody can outwine me. Nobody. I'm the best whiner on the face of this planet. I guarantee it. That is correct. <laughs> I am. Why do I complain? He just told me that I got 70 years of ick before I get to those plans to where I'm going to start prospering. Why should I be looked at any differently than anyone else? I should have to go through what God wants me to go through. And I should be grateful for it. That's all another sermon. <clears throat> yeah. I, I can't be sober for that one. It, that's a tough one. But we have to be grateful for what we have. We, got, we just do. We've got 70 years of nonsense to go through before we start processing all the good stuff. And that's okay. That's the way it was meant to be. And if any of this stuff in society surprises you, come hang with us after church on Sundays. Because we're reading the script right now. We've all got it. We've all got one. That's the way it's supposed to be. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with what God wants me to go through or go into or whatever He wants me to do. Because I remember being lost. I remember being broken. Not a good place to be. It's a painful place to be. It's a heartbreaking place to be. We don't want to be there. Which brings up my second closing. I told you there's eight. Fellowship. I've had some health issues. Um, and I understand how difficult it can be to get somewhere, to get to a meeting, to get to a Bible study, to get to anything. Sometimes it's just a booger bear. It's tough. But I'll tell you something that fellowship does for you. I'll go there. I, w I won't have any of the Duffies look it up. Yeah, I will. Hebrews 10, 24. <laughs> Ken. I think it's 24, 25, and 26 maybe, or 25 and 26. We're all waiting on Ken. We're still waiting on Ken. Yeah. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet one another, uh, meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Hot dog! If we can't see that day drawing nigh, then you're blind. The day's drawing near. What do we need? Yeah. 
We need to know our Bible. We need to study our Bible. We need to know these big words. We need to know what the scripts are. We need to know what the original canons are. We need to know Byzantine, all the kinds of words that I can't spell. We need to know that stuff. But more importantly is falling in love with the Father. And the easiest way to fall in love with the Father is to see how He's blessing other people. And we're not going to see that if we don't do fellowship. Amen. We're not. We have to see it. It's necessary for the survival of the church. It's necessary for the survival of, of the congregation. It's just necessary for absolutely breathing in and breathing out. We've got to fellowship. It doesn't matter how you fellowship either. There's some things that we ought not to be doing. But, I mean, we used to have some of the best fellowship in the world in the army when we were playing canasta. Cutting each other. You know how to play canasta? (laughs) (gasps) Will you marry me? Are you really? I want you to wind her. Okay, yeah, fine. She don't play Knesset. Do you play With my pennies from heaven. You're only allowed one, PA. <laughs> really? I've been looking for... You can ask my wife. I've been looking for someone to play Knesset with for a long time. Do you drink coffee? Do you have a coffee pot? Oh. We'll talk later. <laughs> Hebrews 10, 24, 24. What he just read. Fellowship is beyond key. Because you know what? There will be times when I don't feel like going to church. I don't want to go to church. I don't like church. I don't want to get up. My leg hurts. My back hurts. My head hurts. Whatever hurts. I'll get over it. Yeah, I know. Suck it up. That's right. And then go. And huh? I just pork cheese, please, or good cheddar, telemilk. But I'm telling you, it's so key. It's so important. And finding out that you're not alone in your strife or your struggles, <laughs> or even better yet, finding someone that has a somewhat like mindset, just so that you can help one another. I don't. I didn't. I didn't ask Andrew this, but I'm going to just go ahead and do it and get in trouble. But <laughs> you know, there's there's some things that I've I've had some formal training in that I really really like doing, and and starting home churches and church plants and stuff like that is kind of what I did for a while, decades. But I like to have fellowship with military veterans as well. So if you are a veteran, and it doesn't matter if you were any of the six branches, if you're a police officer, if you've taken an oath to protect this country, that's some kind of, we're going to have, I'm going to work on putting that together eventually, with Andrew's help, of course, to put something together for us vets. Because right now, I'm, I'm, I'd I'd be flippant to stand up here and say that I'm not having an issue with it because I am. Because I've watched my fellow people pass and be killed trying to eradicate what it is that's trying to take over this country right now. And then I get a little upset. 
and really the only way that I can get any help from that is when I'm dealing and talking and sharing God with other military military vets it's the only way it's a mindset you're not going to understand unless you've done it and that's okay bless you you're not supposed to go if you're not being led to going in the service by all means do not go different thing I'll get off of that right quick I just I'm going to close with this this church has so much to offer in such a small town you've got a brilliant pastor who's doing nothing but making himself smarter which is wrong because it's going to make me look really bad later but you have people here that love on you that can look past whatever skin color you got whatever you're driving doesn't matter all that's nonsense anyway you've got people in this church that want fellowship that need fellowship that we need one another don't ever make that mistake of thinking you don't need church I don't like church but I need church I need the people I don't the building it's not a building thing it's a people thing I look forward to seeing Jill in Bible studies she's a fantastic instigator amen <laughs> but you know what iron sharpens iron we got to teach each other we've got to learn all that stuff from one another so we can get stronger and encourage each other as the day is what uh, approaching and it's coming we've got the script we know that we've seen that we've read it we're fixing to go study it in just a little bit in here and get totally flabbergasted you know I mean it's, it's, it can be mind boggling it can be scary I look at the book of Revelation as a book of hope it's not a book of despair it's a book where my daddy goes in and wins <laughs> exactly what I want my daddy to do right now but I have to wait I have to be patient and I have to do the very best that God's given me to do with everything that has given me to do so with that being said I'm going to pass the hat around because I'm broke <laughs> hey I've been paid three dollars before y'all can scratch up too <laughs> I'm, I'm playing Andrew I'm playing um, final point I'm grateful for this place I'm grateful for everyone that I meet I'm grateful for her family who tries so desperately to feed me I've fallen in love with many of you and if I haven't fallen in love with you it's probably because I haven't had time to break bread with you or drink coffee with you Andrew makes good coffee especially at 6 in the morning y'all know where he lives we all ought to show up one day coffee <laughs> that sounds like fun actually use your resources and use what you've got here expository teachings ah oh, man you guys have no idea 
and, and it kind of freaks me out, Audrey, just a little bit because I've ran into so many students that have gone from 11, 12 youth group age, and now they're in seminary, and they're like paying through the nose for it, and they're like, why didn't I just pay attention? Why didn't I just take notes? And I'm not talking just to, to Audrey now. I'm talking to all of us. Take notes. If you are brilliant enough and strong enough to think you're going to remember something after you hear it, hang around me. Because I need you. Because I have to write everything down. I had to write down what I'm going to do when I go home. But, <laughs> you know, I just do. I appreciate y'all. I'm a little upset and leave. I didn't join me. Next time I'll have a biscuit in my pocket. Let's pray.